Dirt Radio, organic friends of the earth, activism, underground, political action, necessary, wind farms, indigenous struggles, land rights, anti-nuclear, nanotechnology, climate change, coal barons, mining magnates, activists, educating, communities, transforming, communities, mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. You are listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. It's just gone 9.30 and you are listening to Friends of the Earth's weekly show. Friends of the Earth stands for social and environmental justice. And Dirt Radio is dedicated to bringing you stories from the grassroots. I'm producing this show today from my home on Wurundjeri Country, land of the Kulin Nations, where sovereignty has never been ceded, and I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. There's lots happening at the moment all around the world and across this continent. It's been a lot happening in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, and as the initial wave passes with that, it's important we keep the fire burning. So make sure you tune into all of the amazing Indigenous broadcasting that 3CR has available to keep up to date with what's going on and wanted to send out big solidarity with those who are blockading up on Gumbanya country and those who are on the front lines all over the continent fighting against the colonial extractivist powers. This week we are doing another dive into the archives on the show and I'm going to be playing some audio from our Acting Up series last year. This show was about the Barmillawa Collective and the series of course focused last year on the history of Friends of the Earth as part of our 45th anniversary. So the Barmillawa Collective was set up around the late 1990s, early 2000s in solidarity with the Yorta Yorta people and we are going to hear from Auntie Monica Morgan who we interviewed as part of that series and who was involved, uh, of course, back in that time. So stick around after this CSA. We are going to be hearing that story. You can see that this country is covered in the blood of Aboriginal people and the length and breadth of it. Australia is a part of an undeclared war and a secret invasion. And again, 250 years ago this year, now, we have a country that's built on lies, deceit, fraud, propaganda, and race hatred indoctrination. Now, it's been 250 years of us being oppressed in our own land, brutally. We might be oppressed, but we understand what freedom is, and we fight for it every day, and we've resisted this occupation since day one. And I predict colonialism, capitalism, imperialism is going to get knocked out cold by about mid this year. Tricia, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. And um, so to start us off, Arnie Monica, could you kind of give us give us a picture of, you know, what where was Yorta Yorta? in their campaign to protect country when you started to become active in that fight. Um, 
and you know how did Friends of the Earth come to join you in it? Uh, well, I think at that stage um, we were midway through our native title. Of course, uh, under the process, it was um, uh, it went on to the High Court, went to the uh, uh, full bench of the High Court. Uh, Victorian government, as well as the New South Wales government and all the other respondents fought us all the way there. Um, at that stage, there was a uh, uh, an election and the Labor government came into power. And uh, we thought we'd up the ante. So uh, it's around that time when we were doing that uh, that we asked Friends of the Earth to come along and uh, we joined in a solidarity with other Indigenous peoples, First Nations peoples around Australia. I mean, I was only talking to Cheryl Buchanan the other day and um, there was very many people uh, who attended a sovereignty um, meeting that we had in um, Melbourne that so put on. And it kind of consolidated our need to continue the fight, even though the High Court battles and things were going, which we eventually lost because of the principle that they stated that the tide of history had uh, washed away, us away. And we had a very uh, ethnocentric uh, lawyer, um, judge called Olney, who, who would prefer to look at the white testaments of the people who robbed and raped and pillaged and uh, uh, shot our people rather than our own people. But... Um, I think uh, at that stage it consolidated us. And um, so the movement forward with uh, not only Friends of the Earth, trade union groups and a whole host of people was to push forward with our original mandate of by the old people is that we need to protect the Barmamillawa National Parks and we were pushing for um, management uh, or management of those parks. So um, similar to what they did in Kakadu and those places. So that's where the, um, the campaign continued um, until the present day. So we can talk a little bit about Jono and um, Indira's role. But really, uh, we need to understand it's always Yorta Yorta and the Indigenous people's fight. Non-Indigenous people come in and they support that fight because, I mean, really the system in itself is the, the uh, enemy of us at the moment. And, um, you know, and we've, uh, we went all the way along until uh, we were successful now. Uh, right at this very moment, we're waiting for the Minister for Environment to hand down um, a decision um, which we are very hopeful of, is that... Um, we have joint management over the Bama National Park. And that um, commitment for joint management of the Bama Milliwan National Park, that was promised in around 2010, am I right? And so can you tell us about... Um, no, it actually went a bit further back, 2004. So Yorta Nation actually... Um, uh, did a co-management agreement with the Victorian government in 2004, only two years after the High Court or three years after the High Court. This is long before uh, any other um, 
traditional settlement acts or anything like that is uh, has uh, been in play with um, uh, other traditional owners. So we led the way, actually. So we negotiated um, use, using a lot of the information and material that we gathered during our campaign with Foe and uh, John O in particular and Indira a little bit around that time as well. Is uh, and presented it as our uh, basic um, mandate for why we should be able to look after country. And so it was 2004 that we actually signed off, and they did a co-management a little bit later, around 2010. But we'd already um, started those negotiations beforehand. And so, why is it that it's uh, just happening now? How, what what is hasn't or hasn't happened in the last uh, look, 16 years? Well, uh, the Labor government put into place a uh, traditional owner settlement act. We'd actually, if you sign it off, you're signing away any future uh, negotiation rights. So when you go back to you think about sovereignty, uh, sovereignty should never be relinquished. We can look at things at a domestic level and make agreements with domestic governments, but that doesn't mean that we um, uh, um, ignore or um, put aside any long-term aspirations we have as a First Nations people. Um, And so, therefore, you never sign your rights away. The other thing is that... So our co-management agreement um, went ahead without doing that. The Victorian government recognised the... Yorta Yorta is the traditional owners, recognised our 16 family groups without us having to sign off on any um, signing off. But unfortunately, uh, Labor government uh, got caught up in that and then the Liberal Country Party came into power. So they've been... um, They were the main people who fought us um, in our native title. They fought us very, very hard against us during the VCAT uh, process, VAC process, where the conversion of um, the state forest into a national park. And then uh, we had to wait probably um, some time until we came into the um, a Labor government come into power. And even then, they're being very slow off the mark. Mm. And... Um, in the speech that we were hearing from 1998, you mentioned that at that time the Yorta Yorta people had just that week taken occupation of the Danya Centre. Yes. Could you tell us, you know, what was it that led the Yorta Yorta people to occupy the Danya Centre? What what were the factors leading up to that and what did that occupation look like and, like and how did it go from there? But was it all because native title is about extinguishment? It's, it's about surety for white people and and their white interests. It's really got nothing to do with the rights of First Nation peoples. And um, of course, Kenneth and uh, others were bringing in the uh, ten point plan, and it also was around water at that stage and a whole host of things. And um, even before that stage. Um, they were saying, I mean, the whole case for our native title wasn't over uh, really about whether we exist as a people. It was about extinguishment. So to give surety to, um, you know, the farmers, particularly the people who had a vested interest in uh, public lands. 
so we um, we chained up, and all the young ones and the older ones, we all said no. Our people fought, lived, breathed in that national in that place that's now called a national park, and that we weren't going to give up um, our rights. So we've continued to have a presence at Dani Centre right up to now. And uh, at this stage, with the national park process going through, we're, uh, we're uh, getting to the stage now where we will have a um, continuing presence there at the Danya National Park, at the Danya Centre in the National Park. Mm. It's important because it teaches the it teaches the history, the struggle. Um, and the genocidal practices um, that occurred and how that place is centred to us because not only is centred because of, of the importance of the uh, environmental values and the water and the cultural values, but it also is our last place that Yorta Yorta people had to hold off in resistance. So that's the connection. Honey, Monica, it's it's Jono here. It, that's yep. sounds hopeful that Dania might be rebuilt and and refurbished. Is that yes. what's going to happen? Yes, that's such good news. It is such an important place that you know over so many generations. Yes, absolutely. It was allowed to deteriorate under the um, Liberal government. Um, of course, we had holes uh, come in, and they. 2004, and then they've uh, the Brax government, and they went out, and uh, they dragged their feet. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, even today, the Labor government, we've really got to be on the, you know, the campaigning never ends, and you really got to keep uh, pushing because um, it never ends because there's never an end date until sovereignty is finally uh, uh, a reality that we never ceded that. Um, never at all. But, um, yes, our elders are really, really happy because they call that our Bush University. And it was such a place, um, you know, during my time in the campaign where non-Indigenous people could come in and listen and just sit down and be quiet and, and listen to Yorta Yorta people and hear the, the history of political struggle and the history of connection to country. Uh, and it's been such a a missing jewel there because it's right there where people for I'm sure many listeners have been to Barma but if you haven't you know if you're a visitor to the place you, you probably it's probably the first thing you see when you arrive in the forest and there's this beautiful shell of a building but it's no longer there's no longer accommodation it's no longer a big kitchen and a big fire where people used to be able to sit and yarn and it was just yeah anyway it's it's really hopeful to hear that that's coming back yes yes I mean um that was an important, very important component of our sharing. Uh, I think uh, Yorta Yorta has tried really hard to um, consolidate ourselves in the whole of country. Um, we've been working most solidly around uh, the Barma National Park. But remember, we, we go into New South Wales. We go all around uh, as far as Wangaratta and further. And so what we've been doing the last um, uh, 10, 20 years is really consolidating our, our uh, place in our whole country. Um, 
the government were trying um, very much to isolate us just to the Barmer, um, and uh, we've resisted that. So I'm really pleased to say that we're rebuilding our offices in uh, Barmer, and uh, we're taking back our heartlands and uh, really spreading ourselves through our country as well. Mm. And another, another bit of, uh, so many bits of unfinished business, but, you know, on the New South Wales side, the national yeah. parks were declared, but again, a Labor government committed to negotiating uh, a joint management arrangement over those parks. And the last I heard, the coalition government that replaced them has gone really slow or even abandoned that. What, what's the situation? Are they talking with you or? Oh, it's quite dire over in um, New South Wales side because um, they actually want to de- de- uh, gazette some of the national park to allow logging back in there. Yeah. So um, we're actually, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what we've been um, uh, there's really not much we can do at the moment because we have the shooters, fishers and farmers as our um, local members. <laughs> and uh, what we've been doing is doing a lot of lobbying and a lot of groundwork with the New South Wales Labor and with environmental groups in, um, in um, New South Wales. And I think that's the important thing about it is that... Um, you can um, do as much as you can with government, but you can only go so far because we've got a long way to go because sovereignty and the whole um, jurisdiction of, uh, of our laws and customs and way of life on country is still an ongoing battle. And so the assertion that we keep doing all the time is just, uh, is just uh, marking time, really, until there is a, um, a better process available to us. But in doing that, we, we have to be a part of that process. Otherwise, waterways are, um, uh, the water system is actually is one of our big uh, um, fights and struggles at the moment. Um, and getting adequate water, environmental flows, fighting against the Murray-Darling Basin authorities and the farmers wanting to peel back more water out of the national out of the river system is uh, an ongoing battle and that's where uh, it's so important to keep those alliances together with the um, more progressive elements of um, this Australian society I mean we I don't look at myself as an Australian but most certainly there are a lot of young people and uh, that's what we learnt with uh, our relationship with yourselves, the friends of the earth, is that it, it gives us um, it gives us hope and uh, heart for the future. Well, I'm so pleased to hear that, Annie Monica. At least that part. Um, and I'm curious because you've been, you know, in the game for a long time. Um, what does it look like working with? Um, you know, working with people who are trying to support uh, Indigenous solidarity, you know, non-Indigenous people, trying to support the struggles of traditional owners. Um, you know, what did it look like two decades ago and how does that compare to how that work looks today? Uh, I think it was a different... different... Uh, different then. 
I think there was a much more um, concerted um, uh, push by um, environmental groups, unions. Uh, there wasn't so much more internalised. Um, there was an openness to listen and to understand that the the leaders in their own struggle is our people ourselves or the First Nations people. Um, as people get older, and I always said to Jono, and Jono can speak for himself and, and Dira, uh, eventually you grow up and you'll have families and you'll have to have proper jobs. <laughs> and um, Trying to avoid it. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think um, sometimes that can be a good thing and sometimes it can be a hindrance. I'll hear from yourself, but uh, uh, you, you hopefully have taken what you learnt with us uh, into your into your next sphere of uh, work, but um, somehow uh, maybe there's been a dropping of the ball in everyone's relationships um, in in regards to that. I think in those days, seventies, eighties, nineties, there was a lot more push to proactively um, fight. Um, injustices or in, both whether it's environment or land rights or sovereignty but there's less of a um, inclination now and I think it, it's all to do with the change in the atmosphere around us The uh, it's just changed uh, in a lot of ways yeah mm. and we might just go to a quick break um, but before we let you go Aunty Monica what would sovereignty of Yorta Yorta lands, what would that look like? Look, uh, there's just been a treaty process in Victoria, which is a complete failure. Uh, 2,000 people actually voted out of, you know, how many 50,000 or so blackfellas in, in Victoria. It's focused around um, Victorian Aboriginals and it focused on, uh, and, and it totally left out the equation where uh, Yorta Yorta, in, in, as an instance, uh, we speak for ourselves. We don't need an overarching body to speak for us. We don't need... Um, and we don't split ourselves up into white states. And any agreements that we make on the ground is with domestic... is domestic. It's through our organisational structures. They're the interface, the white interface. The real sovereignty is that we need to challenge the very existence of the English and the system in our country. That may take a long, long time because every person, particularly you fellas sitting at the table there, are acquiesced into a system that gives you your identity. And um, But it doesn't give Yorta Yorta our identity. They are, they are projecting out what they want to make of our identity. So we're actually looking at a much broader scale. If you, you, and the treaty system that they've got in um, Victoria is absolutely um, uh, shallow, empty, and does not, uh, uh, does not provide that um, basis for Yorta Yorta people. I can't speak for any other traditional owner group in, who live in, you know, Victoria, that uh, colonised state of Victoria. But we need to look broader and, and actually it's the British and it's this monarchy system and it's this um, 
system that's uh, uh, on top of us that we're trying to swim our way through to, to breathe, to come up for air every now and then. And coming up for air is that sometimes to live in country, we have to do some um, partnerships that are not to the best that they should be. So sovereignty is about looking at the future, looking at, a, at really coming to terms with the theft, the genocide, the corruption of, this, of our laws and customs, and, and uh, really look at, does this constitution, does this Australian government, does this Commonwealth government, does this power under the Queen's uh, mandate have any relevance? for us today, and really that's where we're at. Um, so we are looking at a broader spectrum about how we start um, um, campaigning on that, but that's a different uh, level to joint management and doing whatever we can now to protect country and mm. protect our people. You are listening to Dirt Radio on the show today, we have been hearing from Auntie Monica Morgan talking with Megan Williams, John Lenores, and Indira Narayan about the Yorta Yorta people's fight for sovereignty of their land and Friends of the Earth's Barma Milawa Collective that supported the creation of the Barma Milawa National Park. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. the show you can listen back via 3cr.org.au slash dirt radio or catch the whole interview on 3cr.org.au slash acting up head over to friends of the earth melbourne's facebook page to find out what we're up to in the next few weeks in terms of collective meetings find out what the food co-ops up to and make sure you hop into the store to do all of your shopping and get some yummy takeaway food that's all we've got time for today. Today we will leave the show with the song Anthem by Titus. Thanks for joining me. Don't sing me an anthem Cause you don't know the words Words are hard to remember When they mean nothing at all To the heart are still waiting For their voice to be heard Don't sing me your anthem When your anthem's absurd But weren't born 
to the right.